it's been really awesome to see women come out that have never been offshore fishing and then the next season they're like who's coming who's coming on this trip or to see their name pop up on you know group message of hey these are the people that are playing for this date it's really it's really inspiring to just keep keep getting after it because there's there's so many women that are going to keep coming into this space and and dominating it Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing in the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, coming to you from the Lance Chuck Camper Mobile Podcast Studio, Master Captain Angie Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. I have another special guest on with me this week, and I am excited to welcome Taylor Bright to the show. Taylor, welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. Have you have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be the first host to feature you on a podcast. <laughs> um, so we we kind of came across each other at the Outdoor Media Summit. I've had a couple other guests on the show so far from that event. Um, it was the the goal was to meet in person and do an interview, but uh, they kind of jam-packed the schedule so we really didn't have an opportunity <laughs> to do that um had you been to an outdoor media summit before no i hadn't this was actually my first time um and it was a really great experience i went um actually with my my company as a marketer and it was really valuable as you know just for for my personal you know wanting to grow um, social media platform, but then also, you know, for the work that I do, it was really informative and I gained a lot of knowledge on a lot of things that I'm going to be able to take back to, to work and, you know, personally growing my brand. So it was yeah. a really great experience. Cool. Um, had you been to that area before North Lake Tahoe? I haven't. It's been on my bucket list. And I think when a lot of people think of Tahoe, they're more, you know, California side, just, you know, being from the East Coast, that's where my mind goes. So mm -hmm. I'm really grateful I was able to see Tahoe, you know, from Nevada. And the area was so gorgeous. Mm. Yes. And definitely, definitely a place that I want to go back and visit. So yeah. How about that clear water? <laughs> Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I haven't seen clear water in so long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, did you make it out before the snowstorm came in? Or So I actually went on, when the summit ended Tuesday afternoon, I went on the group hike that they had planned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was really fun. It started snowing while we were hiking and being from South Carolina. <laughs> that's not my <laughs> my day-to-day -day. so it was really fun um and it was absolutely beautiful the top of the hike you could see you know it was pretty cloudy just you know with the sun or with the with the snow but being able to watch the snow fall down and see from the top of the mountain the water um from the lake was just yeah. absolutely beautiful very cool so you uh did you fly back the next day then I did just because 
coming from the east coast it's you long. know <laughs> far out west it's it's a whole day yeah. of flying so <laughs> yeah awesome well cool i i ended up ending my trip a bit early when i saw the forecast because i was supposed to be headed to the airport right in the middle of the, the snow and not being a mountain person, I was like, mm, I ain't driving this little rental car over that <laughs> summit in a snowstorm with, they're calling for 70 to 100 mile an hour wind gusts on top of that. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm leaving early. So unfortunately, I had to cut it a little short. And looking back, I'm glad I did because I saw that they did shut that road down. Um, if you didn't have snow tires or chains, so <laughs> my rental car <laughs> definitely did not. <laughs> so, um, but I'm looking forward to, um, as I understand they record everything. And so I'm looking forward to having access to the videos for the sessions that I wasn't able to attend because it was a lot of really valuable information that was shared. And that's by far the thing I love most about the Outdoor Media Summit is just being in that environment with like-minded people. And a lot of the stuff that I attend just because of what I do with the podcast and um, my fishing tournaments is all very much fishing focused. So it's kind of cool to get together with other people in the outdoors and different facets of it, like hiking and you know, climbing and camping and that sort of thing. So it was, uh, it was a great, great experience. Yeah, absolutely. I felt, I felt a strong pull, you know, wanting to be there as myself, but then also being there as a marketer, um, for my company, mm -hmm. there were so many amazing, amazing sessions and it was so hard to choose between yes. which to go to. So I'm really grateful that they, they did record it and that we'll be able to watch those just because it, it was really valuable information and definitely a lot of amazing connections and, and networking that happened. So yep. I'm really excited. Hopefully I get to go to Boise next year. If not with my company, I may, you know, go personally and, it was definitely a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard they announced, so I had already left before they announced the next location and dates. And I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to pull it off. Uh, a lot of things are a little bit up in the air with me right now, as far as 2023, trying to get all my ducks in a row um, as we speak. <laughs> um, but there's a good chance I'm going to have, uh, if I qualify to fish the classic next year, uh, I will not be able to make it um, because it's just too close in time to when they've got that uh, tournament scheduled, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. I'm, you know, if it, if it all works out, I hope, obviously I qualify to fish the classic, but <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But so talk a little bit about your, the company that you were there with. What, what do you do? Who are they and what do you do for them? Yeah, so I am a project manager for a marketing agency called the Murray Road Agency, and we have clients in the outdoor space um, all over. So between companies that solely sell, you know, camouflage products, we have companies that sell holsters, we have companies that sell ammo. So we're kind of all over the place um, when it comes in the outdoor industry, really serving a variety of, of needs 
which is which is really great. Um, and one thing, you know, with the outdoor industry, it's it's very broad. There's so many different there's so many different avenues in the outdoor industry. You know, you have your hunters, you have your hikers, you have your anglers, you have your rock climbers, and so for me, it was really informative. Um, just to meet people in the outdoor industry in different facets of the outdoor industry and really gain knowledge from them because we all have one underlying theme and that's, we love the outdoors. Yes. <laughs> just different things in the outdoors. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of, of what I do. We're more so in the, in the hunting, fishing, you know, gun space, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I love it. It's my dream job. I enjoy what I do every single day. So that's, <laughs> that's important. The dream. <laughs> yeah, that's super important. So many people, unfortunately, live their lives doing something that they just don't enjoy, but they just feel like they have to. So uh, I always encourage people that listen to the podcast. Um, you know, my life is kind of centered around that is, you know, go for it. Do, do what you want to do. Follow your passion. Life's too short to not do it, you know, and don't, don't feel like you're stuck in something that you don't enjoy and be one of those stories where you work your butt off at something you hate all your life to save up for retirement. And there's just too many stories of people getting to that point and then something happening to where they're not able to enjoy it at that point. So <laughs> it's, yep. I, I agree a hundred percent. When this opportunity came, I was like, that is, that's where I'm supposed to be It all. Everything just kind of aligned. And I think when you're, when you're passionate, like your personal passions are able to be integrated into your work, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So talk about your passion for the outdoors. Like how did, how did that develop and what, what about it do you love the most? Oh man. So it's, <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, I grew up with parents that didn't, you know, hunt or fish or hike or, you know, do anything really, you know, super outdoorsy. And, you know, I would go fishing in the pond or whatever with like guy friends, but it was never anything serious. And growing up in Charleston, it's, you know, you can go out on the boat or go fishing. That's what you go do, you know, for fun. It's just a hobby. And I actually, I actually was dating someone in high school and, or I just graduated high school. We started dating and then duck season comes around and I asked him, you know, could I go duck hunting with him? And he was like, yeah. And then he, he never ended up taking me duck hunting. We broke up and then kind of in spite, I was like, I'm going to be a duck hunter. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of my trigger. And then I just ended up thankfully surrounding my myself with people in the outdoor industry. I joined a all women's fishing group called the Carolina lady anglers. And that was super wonderful for me. It were, it was women that were typically, you know, 10 to 15 years older than me, but I was able to learn so much from them and I had great opportunities you know, to go fishing with them 
or just meet people, you know, branching out, growing my network in the fishing community here in Charleston, just from being a part of that. So I met more friends and was like, hey, I want to go fishing. Like, I'm eager to learn. Let me know. And that's when the offshore addiction started. (laughs) (laughs) And I went offshore one time and it was an adrenaline rush that I was like, I need to do this for the rest of my life. And thankfully now, um, two of my really great friends have built a charter business from the ground up. They have worked so hard and they're extremely talented at what they do. So thankfully I do get the opportunities to support my friend's business, um, and do what I love, which is fishing. And I get to go offshore quite a bit now and, for me, I always take an opportunity that I can, I can learn from. I want to continue to grow. And I feel like with offshore fishing, there's always so many different variables that can happen. And Mm -hmm. so I'm grateful that every time I go out, I get to learn something new. Yeah. Um, And give (laughs) give your friends a shout out. Who are they? Um, What's the charter? called yeah so if you're ever in charleston look up four sons charters andrew and griffin and they're absolutely phenomenal phenomenal so they run two offshore boats as well as one inshore boat so if you're in charleston you can get a mix offshore fishing as well as in- inshore fishing which is is really great that they offer multiple services especially for people that are coming from out of town you get to really soak up most of the fishing in Charleston that's available. So awesome. Um, <clears throat> so offshore fishing is something I've only had the opportunity to do a couple times in my life. Um, once was out of St. George Island in Florida. And then the other time was down in the Dominican Republic. I, I took a charter out and we did um, some trolling for Mahi. Um, so talk, Talk a little bit more about offshore fishing, because um, I really haven't featured that a whole lot on the show before. Um, what, like, it's, inshore fishing is, is awesome, too. I mean, you know, there's just a huge variety of fish, but offshore fishing is just a totally different game. Um, do you, do you, like, typically target... Um, like wrecks or, you know, things like that, or talk, just talk a little bit about your offshore fishing experience. Yeah. So typically when I go, you do have a target fish. So, you know, when it's prime mahi season, thankfully we can, you know, get out to where the ledges and fish for mahi. And the really fun thing about offshore fishing I think and it, and it's kind of relatable to inshore fishing you know you can kind of see where they're at you can target where they're at and then you're basically sitting waiting for a bite and you know when you're trolling for mahi it's kind of that anticipation that builds up mm. of you're trolling you have all your lines out and then boom you get hit and I don't know (laughs) what the thrill, you know, what makes it more thrilling than inshore fishing for me, but I don't know if it's just 
typically larger species mm-hmm. right <laughs> and in the in the fight i feel like is it's just different and it's a and it's an adrenaline rush yeah for me but also just offshore fishing in in general you're you're just like out there in the middle of the ocean <laughs> i mean you look around and there's nothing else to see but blue <laughs> Yeah, it's it's honestly so beautiful being out there and just being able to take in nature and the ocean for what it is. And it's so beautiful to see these creatures, you know, come up from however, you know, however deep they are. And one thing I really like, I enjoy doing, and it's kind of a, a hot topic, you know, when people go offshore is bottom fishing. And it kind of gives you that same adrenaline. I feel like is inshore fishing. You can, you kind of know what you're going after, but when you're bottom fishing, you never know what's going to come up. <laughs> mm. So, you know, you could be super, you know, you could be, you know, real in line in and you could feel like you have a snapper, but you have an amberjack or, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, it's kind of that thrill of, you kind of know what to expect, but you never know what to expect until it's, it's up on the surface. Yeah. So, I can I can relate to that. I like the mystery of not knowing what you've got until, you know, you actually see it. Whereas like inshore fishing can be a lot of sight fishing, which is that's a totally different thing. Sight fishing where you see the fish and then you try to get your bait to it and get the fish to, you know, react. You already know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, and it's a little bit more relatable to like hunting in that aspect, like duck hunting or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, but, but I am a huge lover of just the mystery of, you know, I I fish bass tournaments and I hear stories of ladies getting like this huge. They think it's going to be the world record bass, and then they get it to the boat and it ends up being like a, a striper or a catfish or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thankfully, I haven't had that experience yet. Every every time I I'm been in a tournament, I, I actually am catching bass. But I can imagine <laughs> what that that thrill would be like. Oh my god, I got the the biggest bass, you know. Um, but but yeah no I love that mystery uh, element that comes with being offshore and just it, there's so much variety of fish um, even if you're targeting one species that doesn't mean that that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> no, and it's and it's so fun. You know, we'll have days where you know we're targeting one fish and then something else will hop on the line or. Um, specifically it was, it was actually really funny this past season we were bottom fishing and one of the girls had never been bottom fishing before she came out and thankfully I was able to get after some mahi with her and she did amazing. So she was like, I want to come back. Like I want to come bottom fish cause I've never tried it. And, um, she was about halfway up pulling her fish up and there are sharks in the ocean and they <laughs> they got to eat too and so we had a few that that got taken by sharks mm. and you know it's just so interesting just the wildlife and you know that can happen anywhere with any animal you know you're reeling something in and something snags it but i feel like it just kind of puts 
things into perspective and it makes me enjoy fishing even more when, you know, unpredictable things like that happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've mentioned, but, you've mentioned Mahi a couple times. Um, how freaking beautiful are they in the water? They are just the most colorful, beautiful fish I think I've maybe ever seen. They really are. And it, it makes, it takes your breath away. It really does. When you, when you bring in a mahi and I really enjoy just when one comes up, some of them, you know, typically do in the water, they'll have that more blue tone. Mm-hmm. Um, or some of them do have more of the, you know, yellowish greenish tint when they're, when they're still below the water, but they are just so stunning when the sun is beating and you can just see like the shimmer of their scales. Mm. It, it's absolutely breathtaking seeing these fish and, and they got a fight to them. Yes. Yes. They <laughs> so, do. you know, especially when you get them up to the boat, like you have a quick second to see it and then it's, it's darting trying to get away from you. So, yep. but they're absolutely stunning. And even when you get them, you know, in the boat, they're so just pretty to look at. Yes, absolutely. Just their coloration. And, that's how I feel, you know, most of the time. I mean, when you get a Wahoo that comes in, just looking at it, you know, their teeth are a little scary, but <laughs> they're just such beautiful creatures. Yes. So I just pulled you up on Facebook, which I sent you a friend request, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I see we have a few mutual friends. One is Anastasia Patterson, who I've had on the podcast before. Um, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to her because of her uh, recent accomplishment of winning the, the contest and getting her photo on the cover of Bassmaster. How awesome is that? She is an amazing human. She she really is. She's a fellow South Carolinian, and I am so, so, so proud of her. There is no one... <clears throat> There is no one more deserving than her. She she really puts her all into everything that she does. And to see her shining on the cover, like <laughs> it's it's wonderful. I'm so proud of her. I'm proud to call her a friend. She's just she's an amazing human and she's going places. Yes, absolutely. I had her on all the way back on episode 129. So if anybody wants to hear her story, um, this was back in April of 2020. So she's made a lot of of progress since then. But um, you can go to thewomanangler.com slash 129 and listen to that episode or just uh, search for it on your favorite podcast uh, app. And listen that way. But yes, I agree. She she is uh, amazing. And I'm so proud of what, what she's been able to accomplish in a huge inspiration for women in, in bass fishing. I heard my friend Debbie Hansen on a podcast uh, I just listened to yesterday. And she said, uh, uh, she was talking about Christine Fisher, who is a kayak bass angler. And she's been doing great things as well. And she said she's she's uh breaking the bass ceiling (laughs) i had never heard that before i was like that is clever and spot on and that's exactly what anastasia is doing as well so a lot of young girls really look up to her and they're like 
they see that and they're like, if she can do that, I can do it, you know? And so it's, it's great. I saw her at, I cast back in July, um, down in Orlando and, uh, looked at, I need to have her back on the show so we can get an update on everything that she's got going on. But, um, absolutely. And then, uh, we're also friends with, uh, Jana Fogelman. Do you know Jana? Well, um, I do not. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, um, I, I know we're friends and we follow each other and like, like each other's posts and stuff like that, but she's probably one I need to reach out to, um, to see about having on the podcast sometime because looking at her stuff, it looks like she's, she's into hunting and fishing and all the things as well. So, um, she'd be a good, good one to catch up with. Um, yeah, it's really fun once you get, I guess, kind of in this, in this community. And I feel like there's so many like sub communities, but being a woman, being a woman and, primarily male dominated sports Mm -hmm. fishing hunting you end up finding just so many powerful women I mean thankfully along my journey I've met so many women whether they strictly hunt or strictly fish or just want to do everything kind of like how I am Um, you meet so many amazing women with incredible stories and I mean that's why I can you aside from my passion that's why you know keep posting stuff and and want to get it out there and get people you know either to come on a duck hunt with me or to come fishing with me because I think for so long women have kind of put off these activities because they're male dominated or there hasn't been you know a male in their life to to take them and introduce them and it's quite the opposite. There are so many amazing females, you know, in, in these industries that are willing to, to help people and, and want to get more women, you know, out there doing what we're doing. And it's so, it's so powerful. And just seeing women that, you know, specifically because I do get the opportunity to fish with, with four sons a lot. And, um, Whitney, who is, the mate and fiance, future wife um, of Captain Johnston, she thankfully has really made a large impact in women and, you know, the hunting and fishing spaces. And she offers, you know, girl groups to go out, whether you have a super experienced angler or someone that's never gone before um, out fishing. So it's been really awesome to see women come out that have never been offshore fishing. And then the next season, they're like, who's coming, who's coming on this trip or to see their name pop up on, you know, group message of, Hey, these are the people that are planned for this date. It's really, it's really inspiring to just keep, keep getting after it. Cause there's, there's so many women that are going to keep coming into this space and, and dominating it. Yeah. So is that kind of, you know, you have your, your company that you work for, but then you also have your own personal endeavors. Is that kind of the, purpose of of what you do um personally or what what are you hoping to like build and grow on that on that side of it yeah so personally you know my goal is to be a light and an influence to get women to you know do things they've never done before that they've always wanted to what's that thing you've always wanted to do that you've never you've never quote unquote had the opportunity to do and you know, for me, those things were, were hunting and fishing. And so 
I got heavily involved, but I want to be able to spread that message to people, whether it's hunting or fishing or, you know, my dad and I drag race. So next season, my content's going to be a lot of me driving a race car, um, which is a whole nother, (laughs) (laughs) a whole nother thing. But, you know, for me, I just want to empower women, you know, to do these things, get outside, try new, try new things. Um, and just enjoy the outdoors and, and what it has to offer. And so that's really what I'm passionate about is just getting women outside. And thankfully, I've been able to align myself with amazing women that have started um, different things. Um, like if you're interested in hunting, there is a Instagram page called Sisterhood of the Hunt where they plan female hunts. And I know there's so many others out there. Um, but just to be able to share that message and, and provide women opportunities to, to get outside. Awesome. I had not heard of Sisterhood of the Hunt. Um, I've had Sisterhood of the Outdoors, which is another similar organization. So I'm going to look them up, maybe have them on the show. Um, yeah, no, that's great. That's that's exactly what this this podcast is all about. So I'm so glad that we were able to connect and um and have you on to talk about that and i do want to talk a little bit just uh hunting i just did a series on on hunting most of my episodes tend to be fishing focused just because that's what my main passion is (laughs) but i do love to also feature you know other activities as well um and duck hunting so I just got back from Real Foot Lake. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's in Tennessee. It's almost to the border of like Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky. It's like on the very corner of the state um, on the west side. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lake that was created by an earthquake. So it's very interesting. It's the only, yeah, it's the only natural lake in the entire state of Tennessee. Everything else is man-made reservoirs and whatnot. And it's full of cypress trees. So you cannot, if you go out in a boat, you cannot like get up to any kind of speed. You're basically idling until you hit a stump because you're gonna, and then you put the boat in neutral and wait for it to pass. And then you go back and that's just how it is. Um, but it's apparently a huge duck hunting um, lake. There's like 60 days that you can duck hunt and people are out there every single one of those 60 days and there's <laughs> duck blinds everywhere. Um, but I always love it. And anytime bird hunting comes up on the show, I'm, I'm a huge dog lover. Do you have a bird dog? I do actually. Awesome. <laughs> um. I have a GSP named Boone. He is almost, almost two. Um, so my goal, I actually got him when he was about 14 months old. Um, it was a rehoming situation and he was not, he has, you know, world champion parents and a great bloodline, but he was not introduced to any kind of, of field training, um, as a puppy. And so that's one thing I've been working with him on primarily. I want to use him for more of, you know, dove and quail, 
um, versus duck hunting. And thankfully, you know, I do surround myself with, with duck hunters that do have duck dogs that are, that are well-trained, not to say I won't get one in the future, wink, wink, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but he's primarily going to be more dove and quail focused as a bird dog, just because I do, like I said, I have opportunities and the people that I duck hunt with have phenomenally trained duck dogs. Mm. So right now it's not a huge need for me, but Mm. In the future, I will have one of my own. <laughs> I, I just love the whole concept of bird dogs and how excited they get to do their job. You know, it's, yep. it's just such a cool thing to watch. It is. I, I enjoy, I mean, especially if, you know, when we're duck hunting, watching the jo- the dogs, you know, go get after it and, and they're so excited and, and they really do get a sense of fulfillment, you know, getting a bird and bringing it back. Yeah. You know, something, something so little, but watching a dog just get so much fulfillment from that. It's, it's great to experience. It's very cool. I heard one of the guides telling a story um, at Real Foot, you know, you can sit there all day long and, you know, the birds might be you're not seeing a lot because, you know, they know what's going on. So <laughs> they're, uh, you know, it can be a slow day sometimes. And he said, if that, if we're not paying attention and that dog gets up and is looking like, you know, there's a bird. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of cool that they're able to, to do that. Um, well, awesome. So how can uh, people follow your adventures? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. It's at T-A-Y-Y-Y, so three Y's, M-B. Awesome. I just pulled it up here. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Um, And is Instagram the best way, or do you have any other um, channels? Um, I mainly use Instagram as well as Facebook. I'm kind of hitting the cusp for Facebook friends, so... (laughs) I, I think I've hit the point where I need to start a separate page. Gotcha. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And then cool. I recently just started a YouTube channel. And I don't have any content, content up yet. I have it all filmed and it's being edited right now. Cool. Um, but I will be on YouTube as at T-A-Y-Y-Y-M-B Outdoors. Gotcha. And that'll be content from hunting, fishing, drag racing, everything, <laughs> everything <laughs> I got going in life. So very cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking some time out today to be on the show. And uh, I'll, I will share all those with the audience so they can follow you. Uh, I love what you're doing. And um, <laughs> I think it's really cool. Hunting, fishing, drag racing. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and hopefully, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge bass angler. It's not my wheelhouse, but hopefully you can teach me some things one day. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love to. <laughs> um yeah, maybe we'll we'll have a tournament out that way at some point. That not on the docket for next year. Um I think the closest will be is Georgia, north north east Georgia, I think is probably the closest we're going to be. So um, not too far away, but uh, that would be awesome. 